Hello everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we'll be talking about the Herald and DeLuca article written in 2005. Before we dig deeper into this article, I want to let you all know that I knew of the Emmett Till murder uh, story in the case itself for a while, but um, never really looked in depth, Um, not at all the details, any readings or writings about it, um, and definitely not at the pictures. Um, Partially because whenever I'd heard anyone speak of it, they would always just say, it was horrible. It was horrendous. And I sort of kind of took their word for it and was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to look at that um, because I just I, I don't think I would have or didn't think rather that I would have been able to look at them and not feel hatred and anger and just frustration in general about the whole situation. Um, and so as I read through the first pages of this article, um Initially, I went through a spectrum of emotions, but initially I felt grief, hatred, dread, and then also a gust of reality really just shook through me. Um, And so going back to what I was saying before, my reality was, you know, if I don't see it, if I don't acknowledge that it's happening or that it happened, you know, then that doesn't give life to it for me anyway because that's not a part of my reality. Um, And it just really made me, that whole situation, I guess, made me realize that the importance of text and images are to produce images. Like when you see and read something, your mind, whether you see the exact image that you're looking at or something different, but your mind will digest it and interpret it in a way that will help you to understand it whether that be in the form of another image or in a way to reword something you are able to interpret and analyze based off of what you see and read um and so going back to the feelings that I felt about the the pictures and the the writing um like I said I felt grief and hatred and dread and then reality I understood at that moment the point of the argument that was being made, um, which was the first that you don't have to be present at an event to see it. But then also the second that the power of one's word choices affects the gravity of their audience's visions as they listen to or read their words. Um, and it, that triggered me, I guess, in a, in, a, in a sense, but not in a negative way, but it triggered me to understand um, the importance of it all, just to put a face to um, the reason for the civil rights movement, put a, put a, uh, what is the word I'm trying to use? Well, I can't use face, I already said it, but to give a a model for That might be a horrible word choice, but I can't think of another word right now. But have something that will display the motivation behind the change that the civil rights movement advocators and and different people who stepped out and spoke up why they're doing what they're doing, not to dredge up hatred or not to, you know, just be rebellious and angry but to show 
if we are angry and if we are being being rebellious, we have a reason to. Um, And also to make people see that, you know, you have to open your eyes to the fact that realities exist outside of your bubble of comfortability. Um, And tying this into the Johnson article, this really did make sense because the words that were written on the pages and the news and the pictures that people saw, it really gave light, life and shed light on what people dealt with, Black Americans dealt with in the South, the degradation that they they felt that they faced 24-7 at the hands of white supremacists and racists and, and bigot, bigotrists. Like, it, it's ridiculous how how blind they were but at the same time you can't hold people responsible for information they don't have and when the media censors information in order to keep people from getting the knowledge that they need or that is is rightfully theirs they won't know unless you pull back the blinds and so this whole article the well these two articles but this this one especially really really opened my eyes to, I guess, what I've already known. Um, basically, that the only way that you can address a situation is to is to pull back the blinds and to look at it and to choose to acknowledge that this exists. And then what do we do to fix it? And, and I commend all of the, the civil rights activists that fought for equality and fought for and are still fighting for um, the change that we need to see in America. Because one of the things that um, Harold and DeLuca said in the article was the haunting images continue to stain America's dream of itself. We in America tend to talk about the American dream and the expectation when you come to America and all of the other, I would say fluff, because essentially that's what it is. But they never address the hardships and the trials that people faced in the in the late ninth in the late 1900s in the late 1900s and even still face today at the hands of systemic racism at the hands of just different types of things that are ingrained in America's core and they put on this big front of the American dream. When you go to America, you'll be successful. You'll have access to whatever, whatever. When in reality, they're not addressing that there are issues ingrained into the foundation of this country. And until we address them, until we look at the images, until we allow the text to paint pictures for us, we're never going to truly understand the reasons behind what what. The reasons behind the movements, the reasons behind the protests, the reasons why or the motivations behind these people fighting for change. I feel like I've gone off on a tangent, but the, the, this article really just struck a nerve in me. I guess it sort of kind of lit a fire under me as well to continue to um, or to rather watch what I say and to be very intentional about my words um, so that when I do speak about certain things, people are able to draw a picture in their mind and so that they can understand me, where I'm coming from, and then in turn use my information and grow.